my name is Naisha. I'm a senior and I'm the business lead for 5338. Hi, I'm Nithya. I am currently a sophomore and I am part of the software sub team. Well, hi, my name is Amelia. I'm in 11th grade uh, and I'm part of the business team. I'm also part of the German's team and I'm the non-technical cap uh, captain for Zerbotics 4400. Um, hi, I'm Gareth. I'm, uh, I think, a sophomore, and I'm part of the working team and also chairman. So, uh, how did you guys' team start? This is our 11th year, uh, but it's already wrapping up. Uh, it started in our school. There is this like organization that's the main sponsor of FIRST in our community. It's called Peñoles, uh, so it's basically an energy company here in Mexico. And they started to bring first to our community in order to like create social projects and involve like uh, young people in STEM. So we were one of the first four, I think, uh, teams open here in our city, in Torreón. Um, yeah, that's how we started 11 years ago, 2011. I believe our team started in 2013, so we are starting our 10th year. So we're excited for the year to start. So what motivated you guys to join the robotics team at your school? Uh, well, in my case, uh, this is my first year. I came from from uh, ethnic background, from other previous schools. But I think that what makes made me, like, uh, and for motivated me to join Cerbotics uh, was uh, like I had this little experience but what I saw that were all these competitions through videos and through uh, people who were talking in my school that I hear and all this stuff it was like I, I want to be part of that and I, I want to join that, that people so I think it was that well, I got in the team mainly because of social pressure. Like, uh, all of my friends were in the team. I didn't really want to join. I was on the debate team uh, in that point. So I was like, no, I'm already doing so many things. I don't have the time. I want to take care of my grades. But then uh, last year's captain is my cousin. So he started telling me, like, no, you should join and come on and it will be amazing. So social pressure made me give up. And I entered, and now I love it. I, I, I really don't know what I would be doing if I hadn't entered. Yeah, I I mostly joined because I saw the booth at our school, and I saw that they were giving away free stuff. So I decided to go and check it out. And it seemed interesting enough, and I heard that our first meeting had pizza. So I decided to go to the first meeting, and I realized this is something that I would really enjoy being part of. So I ended up joining the team, and I love it. Where exactly is your team based, and how is it structured? Okay, so we're school-based. Uh, our school, Colegio Cervantes, is a K-12 school. Uh, we have from kindergarten to high school. So it's really easy to have teams of the categories here in the school. We are organized in four areas. Firstly, we divide into technical and non-technical. So all our engineers go in one section and have one captain and have their own head coach. And all of us that are non-technical, have our own captain and our own head coach. So everyone can just like focus on what you're doing. And then we divide like, Chairman's is a separate area. We don't really count it as one of our areas. 
and we have business, we have like social media, and on the technicals we have mechanics and programming, and between the two, the, the two of them, I'm sorry, they handle like electronics. Do you have a minimum age requirement for your team since you are a K to 12 school? Uh, our main teams are like FTC and FRC teams. Uh, from FRC, uh, people can join uh, from 14 years to well, being uh, seniors to 18, I think. So it's like that age range. I know some of your regionals were in the U.S. So, like, what's it like being an international team for a lot of these U.S.-based competitions? Well, it's definitely a weird experience because you come like in a place where everyone speaks the same language. And even though, even though we almost uh, know, all of our team members know English to like survive in a competition, it really is quite different for a team that's not like a, usually speaking English all the time. So I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to either know some, somewhere, else, uh, somewhere else to either like practice the language. I, I find it really pleasing because it also gives not just our team, but our school and uh, robotics in Mexico, like a chance to shine a little more than if you just stayed in here. So I think that's what I like the most, that we're like a, this little representation of what robotics is in Mexico because it's it's quite big and you wouldn't even think it's that much. If, if we didn't have the chance, not just us, but all the teams that um, can go outside the country, uh, it's like, it makes us really proud to think that we're what they're seeing from Mexican robotics. So yeah, I think that's the main part of it. So what are some major challenges that you guys have faced as an international team other than I suppose the language barrier? Uh, well, some of the main challenges, uh, or was my perspective, is I think that representing what your core values are in the region you you are and live. So I think that like that responsibility, as I see it, of representing your city, your country, other places. I think that it's like I have to to make people see what I what I see, what I live and what I experience and uh, on my personal on my personal thoughts I think that uh, it's a, a great job or activity to to give people what you receive and make that change with some other cultures and I think that uh, being part of first is, is also that part of making that uh, exchange internationally internationally with other teams, countries, and, and people. Yeah, I feel like that representation is very important. Like, when you're at a first competition, like, obviously you're there to compete and share your robot and everything, but I feel like a lot of the fun comes, like, from meeting the other teams and being able to, like, see people from other countries, see how they live, how they interact with one another it's a lot of fun and then this isn't like completely related but do you guys have mexico regionals as well just like just teams from mexico uh well we uh, are uh like organizing the ftc regional but also we are part of the frc that is like the big one where uh teams so a region or a city or cities nearby uh, compete and it's 
It's uh, fun to have this like um, partnership with teams here and then sharing it with teams of uh, other countries. But yeah, we have our uh, regionals here too. Nice. How much work is it organizing all of these competitions, especially within your own country? Well, uh, for example, I can give you the example. We are hosts of one of the FTC regionals in our country. So it's a whole lot of work. Uh, I don't know how our head coaches manage it while managing an FRC competition. But yeah, it's, it's really hard because uh, it's not as known here in Mexico as it might be in the U.S. So like getting people to volunteer, getting people to judge, it's, it's tough. Uh, but it's part of our mission to make everyone related and to make everyone want to come. So that's like the rewarding part uh, because we know maybe one person will be a volunteer this year that wasn't last year. So even though it's a lot of work, even though uh, our head coaches are getting involved because they're super stressed, it comes with this huge reward that's part of our philosophy since they won. So, yeah, I think it's all worth it. Actually, original is on Friday. So we're all like at this bridge of the, the point in which we're all excited, we're nervous and don't know how it's going to result and the competition and the robot. So, yeah, it's tough, but it's worth it and it's amazing. Well, best of luck for the competition on Friday. Thank you. So going off of that, how does your team coordinate and collaborate with teams from other countries and how often do you work with teams from other countries? Um, well, our main focus on joining other other teams from all over the world is uh, knowing how to extract that like essence of being in, in person and take it to, I don't know, some meetings or conferences. For example, this, uh, well, this month we had our, uh, we call it FRC warm-up, that it's is like for preparing uh, for the kickoff, it's uh, the first days of January. So with these kind of activities, we met the other teams, and this is how we we invited, and we also are being part of their activities while maintaining the, the focus on first and to share our ideas, our I don't know uh, strategies or knowledges for other teams that maybe doesn't have that access to them. So, uh, yeah, we maintain our focus on maybe more virtual things to connect, to reach more people. And also we have a, a magazine called OMG Robots that it's like a famous hashtag from first where we invite teams to uh, write like their own blog and we published them, we handed it in regionals, so uh, if we have the, the chance to meet you, that we will be very pleased. Uh, we can give you some, some, medicines, some medicines, and yeah, that's like some examples of the, the activities we do for sharing with other teams or other groups. That's really cool. I'm looking forward to the OMG Robots magazine. I think that's really cool. And like the fact that it's a handout at regionals, it's like a great way to interact with other teams. Kind of like our safety book. Uh, so kind of changing gears. Uh, how was writing your chairman's essay this past season? Okay, we're still on the go. Uh, 
I mean, it's a tough process, but it's, I think, as how I see it, it's in, in where I find everything we've done. It's a place like where I see like, yes, it's been, it's been hard. Yes, it's been exhausting. Uh, maybe I've thought of getting out of the team, but when you like sit down and write in the, in the whiteboard everything you've done to start writing your Germans, that's the moment when I say like, I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, I hope the same happens to everyone because, um, well, it's a rewarding experience being the one to write down, to express and to share what your team has done because they're giving like this privilege to you of representing your whole team. So yeah, we're still on the go. We are like in the middle of it, but yeah, it's been fun. I like writing chairman's questions, well, impact questions, even though sometimes I hate it, but mostly it's it's quite entertaining. I, it takes a lot of time, but it's entertaining. Yeah, I definitely agree. Last year was my first year doing chairman's for arts, and so this year is my second year. And last year, like, we were completely clueless. I had no idea what I was doing, and I was trying to explain to the underclassmen, okay, this is what chairman's is, this is what we have to write, but... It's a hard process that gets overlooked, but it's also, like, as you said, very rewarding to be able to share everything you've done besides your robot to the judges. I feel like we, as I think FRC as a whole, needs to put a lot more emphasis on all of their non-technical subteams because while the robot is definitely a big part of the competition, non-technical is what kind of makes sure that everyone is able to do the technical aspects. So I know... Last year, especially with business, made sure that uh, we were funded and everything and that we were registered and all. And I know our creative team who helped make us stand out among all the other teams. I remember like our safety brochure, uh, our pit design, that was all our creative team. But a lot of people, when they look at FRC, they kind of overlook that and they immediately look to the robots. Yeah, it's definitely our duty to bring out the more than robots uh, philosophy. Uh, also, I think that uh, it's quite uh, underrated the amount of social works a lot of, of, of us teams do. I think that's what should be the most highlighted because we're, we're teenagers doing quite impressive things, not for, like in a robot and not like, just like knowing economics or knowing uh, accountant. Uh, we're doing things that quite change lives. So, yeah, I think that's quite overlooked because even if it's just like planting a tree or donating a sweatshirt or anything you do has an impact uh, over people that you might not even know how much you can help them. Yeah, the social aspect of FIRST is huge. Like, honestly, when I first joined, like, FIRST, I joined a long time ago. I joined when I was in fifth grade. But, like, at that time, the only thing I knew about FIRST, like, even in FIRST LEGO League, was just the robot. And then in middle school, my LEGO League team started doing outreach with, like, the local government to, like, build mission models for, like, local FL competitions. And then, like, coming into FRC, like, there was, like, a whole sub-team dedicated to, like, okay, these are the people who are going to do outreach for the team. And I was, like, there's so much social work that goes within competitions and outside of competitions, but... It's just something that the teams need to push more than, like, onto their community so that they can, like, share their passion. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, for example, in my case, too, uh, being in Nepal was, like, like everyone 
new like how to do a little bit of everything like the robot and the project like exposing all of that and then coming into FRC and now like having these big areas where everyone was like uh, probably they they enter not knowing like much but uh, thanks to the team and to all that that help they they now like have have this experience that that makes them uh, being approachable to you in uh, talking about learning how to to get where they are now. And yeah, it, it was for me, it, it caught my attention of FRC, being, seeing all these people like so focused on their areas and teaching us also to, to reach that, that level, I think. So um, for the future, how do you plan on continuing and expanding your team's impact? Okay, so I have one year left in the team. It's sad to say I don't want to live, but uh, I'm just going to like see what I can do to help, not just in my team, but in my school, and like to grab my whole team and bring them with me. Because I think if we have any sort of platform, even if it's not that big, we should be using it for what's right. Um, well, I think social media is a huge part of what we do as teams because like. Yeah, I can be seeing this from Mexico, but someone can be seeing in Germany. So uh, I think like boosting our social media, our creative team has done a really great job with it. So continuing with boosting our social media and taking every single opportunity to help we have, it's like what I think we need to focus in so we can be our ver version and help our city and hopefully a lot more people than in our city become the better version of themselves. And what are some of the major community outreach efforts that you've done in the past? In the, in the last years, uh, I think that our practice has been uh, exactly that, like uh, remaining in our city, in our region, and then expecting. But our focus has also been to to call people's attention and make them know like a robot can lead people to have an impact in their community. It's not only like mechanics, programming and working on uh, workshops that it can lead people to have a, a real impact and calling their attention like, oh, these people are like, uh, she said, like, planting a tree or going to communities to give food or whatever and letting them know that it's part of the first message and what a robot can mean to not only a team but a community. It's what we want to, to transmit. Um, so what steps do you think need to be taken to make STEM more accessible both in your community and globally? Okay, so first, I think we need to make it cheaper. <laughs> it's really expensive to be part of STEM. So we actually, uh, a while ago, had an activity called Think It. It was basically having uh, low-cost toys for kids to start experimenting with STEM. So yeah, I think that's the main thing. It has to be cheaper and it has to be funnier for kids. Because it might be a little monotone or I think I, it might be a little like boring, 
when you're not that invested in it. So for an introduction, I think it has to be like a little more didactic. Like, um, well, kids want to play games and kids want to have fun. So we play our games with our big toys that are our robots. So make them a place in which they can play with their big toys. Yeah, I think that's a really important part of making STEM accessible, like the money part for sure. Just being a part of FIRST and like the $6,000 competition fees, it's like, that's a lot. And then I know like this past year, because we hadn't done like a lot of like very young kids outreach before, but we did this outreach event for some local preschoolers and was at a library so we decided let's write a book and so we did like a whole picture book for the children that was based on like this broken robot and our mascot was like oh let's go fix the broken robot and we had it in English and Spanish so that was really exciting to read to the kids and like I didn't know how they were going to respond but then when we were actually at the reading like they were so much more invested in the book like they were like going on when the robot was broken and it's interesting to see what they like and don't like. Yeah, it is. We actually have this activity. Uh, we've done it yearly since I think like six years ago. Uh, it's called Grand Novelty Expo. And we gather like our uh, elementary school's kids. And um, this year it was crazy. It was like the biggest one we've had yet. It was like 230 kids, something like that. And um, we just have them like this whole day uh, with a lot of activities like... Um, in order for them to learn STEM, like, uh, with baby steps. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, I remember I ended up all sunburned because we were, like, in the field. But, yeah, it's really fun. And I think, well, we have to build ourselves our new generation for when we are left out of it then. So what are some tips or strategies that you'd give some either new FRC teams or already working, I guess, FRC teams who are striving for Chairman's Award? Uh, in my case, uh, I think that uh, a great uh, advice is that uh, knowing that the, the impact uh, coming after the activities you make, it's more important that the numbers you can have. So maybe you have this activity with 200 kids, uh, but you don't know how many will see them or Either you have these, um, I don't know, lessons to 10 kids, or maybe the 10 will stay in first. So, uh, like, it's pretty hard to know the impact that uh, your team is going to have after all these outreach activities. But that part of planting the seed is what makes the, the tree grow and remain. So, uh, like, in conclusion, I think that it's it's not focusing on numbers or like what, what looks better, but really an uh, impact that can overcome with time. Yeah, I think that's very important because as first teams, we don't always see these children all the time. Like we might just see them once at an outreach event, maybe twice, but then that might be their first exposure to STEM and then Whatever happens to them after that, we might not be entirely sure, but as you said, like planting that seed, we give them that opportunity in like that gateway into entering STEM and then they can go from there. Yeah, I also think, uh, well, what gets me through some exhausting activities because there are some that you say like, I want this to finish now. <laughs> uh, what has gotten me through uh, is that 
when you do something for the thrill it gives you, uh, everything else fades away. You just have to get your self-recognition. So it doesn't matter who recognizes you. It doesn't matter like uh, who says, like, oh, they're so cool. It matters that you help someone. It matters that you're feeling fulfillment. And it matters that you're proud of yourself. So I think that's, like, the most important. Uh, you have to do it for the thrill an activity gives you, not for the awards it might. Yeah, that's very true. I think being able to have that genuine nature, I think that also comes through in your presentations. Like, when you're doing something and you really care about it and you're doing it for yourself, for the people that you're working with, for the people that you're serving... It's going to show in that event, and then when you talk about it in your presentation, that shows the amount of care and effort that you put into that. And also, there's something that's just so cute about seeing children be excited about robots and about FIRST. Uh, I know for one outreach event that I attended, uh, we were driving our robot around, and we let the kids drive. And there were some, there were kids, like, from kindergarten all the way through sixth grade that were all just absolutely in love with the robot they they love the idea of driving it around and i know i saw some parents who also really enjoyed it and were saying that oh i'm definitely going to try and push my kid towards doing something in first yes i think it's an opportunity if you have a little seat of interest you should absolutely take it because i, I have a little sister and i've been telling her like join fll when you're in, in like Unit high join FTC. She doesn't really want to because she says like, but you are never at at home. So yeah, but I've told her like, even being a volunteer is going to like be a trademark of your teenage years. So if you have the slightest interest, you should definitely take action over it because it's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely what I say too a lot. Like to anyone who now comes up to me and they're like, what advice would you give to like? a rookie team or anyone who's thinking about like joining first just go for it try it once fll ftc frc just do it for one season do whatever you like try everything and then at the end of the day if you didn't like it you can still leave and try something else but at least you'll leave with the satisfaction of knowing that you did it and you tried and you might probably have an impact too yeah um, i think that the that the video of first, it's that no matter what, what um, I don't know, uh, age you are or where you're living, like there's there's a group of people that will join your passion, and that no matter like if you have one year, two or three years in first, like you can enjoy it as your teammates and being part of of the same the same team, the same message, and the same. And do you have any tips for any teams that might be trying to grow their just general community outreach, specifically for rookie teams or some teams that have just started or come out of the pandemic? Post everything. Uh, social media is going to be your superpower. So post everything. If you're like feeling uncertain, if you're going to send a message and they're not going to answer it, if you you're going to send a mail and they're not going to see it. If you're going to post a TikTok and it's not going to be as successful as you would like it to be, just do it because no is that predetermined answer and you can always get a yes or you can always get an okay or you can always get uh, 10,000 views. So you already have 
be no as an answer. So whatever it is, go for it. If you fail in it, you can try again and maybe you'll fail 10 times, but there will be one shot in which you will make it. So always, always reach for, for the stars. And this is more of a question just about your team culture and my curiosity about how FRC works in Mexico. But what does STEM education look like for your school system and how many teams are there in your area? In this region, I think that first has like made an impact. Uh, for example, I, I have seen teams uh, from kids like to four from to six years. So I think that they planted this this curiosity in them from an early age and will now being part of these like major leagues uh, is the result of, of enjoying the process when you were a kid and now as a, as a teenager, whatever, uh, now seeing, seeing it as, a, as the impact it can have not only on you but on the people around you. So yes, here in, in our region there's a a lot of things more than FRC is like the big attraction, but yet FTC and FLL are like uh, not many, but they're they're growing. Yeah, for example, FTC uh, in our regional last year we were five teams. It was quite small, but this year, for example, I think we we're twelve. So it's definitely impressive to see like it duplicated in one year. So, and being a part of it is quite nice. So yeah, it's, it's been really nice. We hope it grows a lot more, not just FCC, but also FRC. But being one of the first regions in Mexico to have this, it's already a privilege. So we'll just keep like pushing and pushing until we're as big as we can be. Absolutely. I think that's a goal for any team. Well, those were all of the questions we had for you guys. Do you have anything for us? I just want to know, like, what's, what makes you stay in first? Because I think a lot of people struggle with it, especially in building season. So what's an advice you'd give for someone that's, like, in between staying or living? I guess for me, it was a lot of, I made, fr I made a lot of friends in this team. So in one hand, on one hand, I decided to stay for that. And also because I enjoyed the challenge of, being able to create something and see it start working. Um, I think it's just amazing to be able to program something and then see a physical response to that and be able to see the robot move and the robot be able to do things that maybe I couldn't. I know that was something that I did last year. Yeah, I think going off of what Nitya said, the friends portion is definitely a huge part of it because When I first did FLL, after my first season, I didn't really enjoy my first season of FLL, and I was completely convinced, like, I don't want to do this again, like, I'm done. But then my parents were like, okay, try joining, like, another team, try, like, doing it for one more season, see how it goes, and then you can make your final decision whether you want to do STEM or robotics or not, and I did it for one more season, and I loved, I made a lot of friends, I got to work on everything, the robot, the project, and the same thing happened in FRC. Like, a lot of those friends from FLL joined the FRC team. And then during the build season, I was also really scared in FRC because I didn't really want to do a lot of the technical stuff. I liked doing the research project and outreach and all of that. 
So then when I found out that like a lot of my friends were joining the team and there was a place for me on a robotics team where I could do things like outreach and chairmans and all of that, it made me feel like I was having an impact. And even though there's a lot of time and like hard work that goes into it, being able to have that community and feeling like you're being able to do what you genuinely enjoy was a big part in having me stay. So if you can find those friends, find that community and find what you really like in first and like there's something for everybody, it's a great way to just continue on with the process. Absolutely. I, I completely agree, actually. I think if you find what you love, it doesn't feel like the work it is. Yeah, like even today, like this is the end of like our grading period in school. So everyone is super stressed about like, you know, we have to finish our schoolwork, we need to get our final exams in and all of that. But I'm like, you know what, like, I'm still gonna come to the robotics meeting. Like, this is what I enjoy doing. Like, this is like, one of my happy places where I can do the work that I like doing, have these types of conversations. And it's like, you know what, it's worth it. Like, it's the last week of the grading period, but like, I'm still gonna do it. Yeah, it was the same for us. We had our final exams before winter break. And we were all like super stressed about the exams, but we were still like all working in the workshop. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, uh, I have physics exam tomorrow, boy, but I also have to finish this. So I'm going to finish my part of the business plan and then I'm going to do physics because if not, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thank you so much for having us. It was really fun. Uh, time faded away. It was great talking to you guys. It was a lot of fun just seeing how you guys work and... Honestly, I really hope we can meet like in the future. Sorry, at like a regional or world, hopefully, or something like that. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I will, will hopefully to see you there and share now in person um, other other topics too. All right. Well, it was great having y'all and. If you guys need anything else from us, just feel free to email us or DM us on Instagram. Amazing. Uh, likewise, whatever you need, uh, we're always available and we're always excited to work with someone or talk with someone. So thank you so much for having us again. It was a lot of fun. And well, have a great season. <laughs> you too. You too.